I've got with me David, who is an architect. And uh, I believe that you've been an architect for, for quite a while, David. Uh, I believe about 30 years in total. Right, so loads of experience and obviously you've got an interest in, in houses and, and neighbourhoods and so on. So what I wanted to uh, to pick your brains about this evening was the thorny issue of, of heating our homes. Couldn't be more topical really considering we've been through quite a few cold spells and the price of fuel has rocketed. And in addition, we've had lots of uh, different comments on this and protests particularly around the oil industry, but also Insulate Britain has been much on the news. And I know that you've uh, you've done quite a bit of research and practical analysis into insulation. And have you got any better ideas as to how to sort out the mess that we're in really around fuel and heat and, and our houses? Well, I, if I can start out with actually by saying my background is has always been in various forms to do with housing and I was for a long time part of a national network called ASBA which was an association of architects across Britain and so together I think we have a fairly good take on what's happening with building construction to do with housing Mm. Um, and because of the time period this goes back to if you like I was in it from the start with understanding about things like heating and insulation which of course the two complement each other in fact the two are inextricably linked you can't Mm. have one without the other which to me at the moment makes it seem slightly odd that the government are giving out huge amounts of money to plug the dam with the problem of uh, heating bills and heating going through the roof quite literally in some cases of course and doing to me, it seems pretty pretty much nothing about the obvious problem of the fact our houses in Britain are poorly insulated, and they they always have been. In fact, we, if I, I don't think it's untrue to say that even today, the national psyche is such that we kind of veer away from the idea of wanting to enhance our homes with insulative finishes. Because, I mean, if you just look at the way they're constructed, I mean, we are so conservative, it's untrue. I mean, we still build houses with brickwork uh, because that's kind of an aesthetic that pleases everyone. It's not necessarily efficient. In fact, if you look at most European countries, they, they don't use brickwork. They're using lots of insulation and cladding on the outside of houses to, to pack as much insulation into the construction of walls in particular as, as they can. We've got now the problem of retrofit because we sort of carried on in this kind of merry England way for so long that uh, we've got a sort of nine, a lot of nine inch walls for houses which need insulation, in my opinion. I mean, the other people have other ideas, but basically that insulation that needs to be stuck on the outside of them uh, because if you put insulation on the outside of, of houses, which are say nine inch nine inches of brickwork what you do is you shift what's something called the dewey profile towards the outside and what that basically means if you imagine sort of drawing a, a profile through a wall is that you're pushing the thermal value to the the warmth if you like to the far farthest point of the outside so the walls stay warm 
it, it not only does that, I mean, this is all linked to the fact, you know, another thing that's going on at the moment, people are saying, well, you know, there's a problem of condensation in houses, which is a, a big problem. Mm. So the more you're shifting that insulation to the outside, the less chance of the condensation also forming on the insides of walls, which right. is another huge problem in itself. Right, right. So, so you're actually saying that externally cladding your house with insulation is actually, you know, it's not got these problems that people are suggesting and could be a good thing. Yeah. If I, if I read you right. Yeah. I, I mean, to be honest, I mean, people in the know, frankly, I, I don't know, it's too, this, this is, this is too, uh, too, too much of a kind of overkill statement, but people in the know know full well that you've got to put basic. If you've got a housing stock, let's say terraced houses with nine inch walls, then you're going to have to put the insulation on on the outside of the walls because if you don't, you're going to end up with huge things called cold bridges, which are, if you like, cold spots on walls. And if you've got cold spots on walls, then you're uh, also going to have this problem of condensation forming there. And again, it goes back to the, the problem that the, the walls themselves need to be kept warm inside because if they're not then if you start looking at the heating systems that we're going to have to have on board in only three years time then we're going to need uh, things like air source heat pumps ground source heat source heat pumps or other electrical heating systems that just will not be able to pump out the amount of heat that you can do with say gas boilers and therefore the houses have got to be able to respond very quickly and stay warm once they're heated up with a small amount of heat. I mean, that's that's just the facts of, of the situation of where we are. Right. Well, let me just stop you there because we were chatting earlier and, and you mentioned to me that in 2025, there was going to be this big change where new properties couldn't actually have a gas heating system, if I heard you correctly. And I think not a lot of people uh, actually realise that, do they? I mean, it's going to come along pretty soon, 2025. So you're highlighting quite a topical issue and one that's pretty urgent, if uh, if I heard you correctly, David. Well, what's, what is on the cards is that in, not, uh, in three years' time, to get building regulations approval for new properties, mm. then part of the building regulations will state that you've got to have an efficient heating system such as an air source heat pump and you will not be allowed to use a gas boiler and that so so unless people you know developers and all the rest of it are already understanding that that is going to be a key watch point that they're going to have real problems meeting that criteria yeah yeah indeed so we've we've touched on one of the solutions for the crisis that we're in, and it sounds as if it's going to only deepen this crisis. Are there any other solutions that, that you know professionally, or even you know just that you can imagine developing over time? Because it is, in my view, a, an area of work that is going to innovate very rapidly to meet need. Well, hopefully it will, because you know the consequences are, are pretty bad, aren't they? If we don't efficiently heat our homes and insulate them as you as, as you've rightly said yeah I, I mean what I find almost baffling again is, is the fact that no one actually no one seems to want to really talk about what what forms this insulation is going to actually take right uh, let alone paying for it and who's going to pay for it and, and how it's all going to work and all the rest of it 
For example, the what I see in practice at the moment, the, the nearest I've seen to a commercial outfit providing insulation on houses is basically they're putting a sort of uh, like a polystyrene insulation on the outside of houses, which they fix to the walls. And then what they do is they put some sort of um, substrate over that, mm. which allows you to render on the outside. Uh, and that's about it. That's all, I, that's all I do seem to be seeing. I don't seem to see anything more innovative than that. What other materials could they use? What other techniques could they use? Uh, well, uh, and this is this is the thing. I'm afraid this gets us back to the point that no one's talking about it. Mm. The, the, that in itself. Sorry, before I get on to answering that, I, I have grave doubts about that type of formula for insulating houses. Anyway, the same sort of system was used on Grenfell. Oh, right. So, okay. uh, you know, I don't think we should be really going down that avenue in the first place. Mm. Also, apart from that. The other problem with it is it's hugely expensive. That's for sure, yes. So yes. that's another reason why people aren't doing it. What I have seen done um, on models, which to me look a whole lot better than that, are systems, for example, where you build, say, a timber frame on the outside of a house, and then you fill that with a sort of uh, either a sheep's wool or uh, um, something like a sheep's wool, like an organic material. Yes, okay. yeah, and that's good because it breathes and also it's fireproof, which is hugely more important. Uh, but, of course, with that solution, you need a whole lot more of it. It's a lot cheaper, but you need the thickness to go up mm. to have any of, real effect. You need a lot of sheep, probably, or <laughs> you know, sort of other, yeah. other organic material. You do see that, sorry to interrupt you, Dave. Sure. You, you see that in uh, loft insulation now, don't you? You do, yeah. And I'm sorry, I don't want to overstress sheets, well, because that's quite expensive too. But there are other, like, as you quite rightly say, the, the sort of stuff you put in your loft, which is the fluffy stuff that's yellow, uh, that's stuff I'm talking about. That if, but when we get onto that, I think the other thing that the government's got to come clean about is is if you're insulating the outside of your house and you're cladding it, so to speak, I'd love to know what the actual overall thickness of cladding can actually be without needing planning permission. I don't think anyone's mentioned that. I have actually looked on um, Insulate Britain. Mm. Uh, their website and they've got lots of statistics about this i mean you, you, i'm not uh, you know sort of allied to insulate britain or any other protest movement and very open-minded about it just want to be informed by someone like self and um, apparently we are one of the worst at you know the energy efficiency game in europe unsurprisingly since we've got so many old houses and nearly 15 percent of our emissions come from heating homes as well so there's a, like a double whammy you know if we if we were able to insulate our homes better presumably we could reduce those emissions as well so just getting back to uh, the the whole conundrum i'm going to just throw some like ideas out there that uh, have come to mind in medieval times they used to use wattle and daub and all sorts of mud and everything from if i can remember right to my history lessons would that, a sort of modernised version of that, would that be something that you think might gain interest in the future? Yes, I do. And, and that's that's not as stupid as... <laughs> it's not as sort of back, backward, almost, as, as it sounds. Mm. 
Um, yeah, there, there, there are some excellent buildings that have been made out of uh, adobe. Uh, and, you know, Pete, you've probably seen on programmes on the telly, which... Uh, mud, sorry, oh, mud. Okay, mud. Yeah, right, mud. Okay. Clay from out the garden, uh, right. if you've got it. Um, I've got plenty can, of it. Mud. Well, you know, it's, uh, the good thing about using something like a clay is you can use it straight out the garden. Mm. Uh, and, you know, you haven't got to transport it anywhere. And the amount of energy used to you to actually use it in construction is completely minimal. And you can mix it with all sorts of stuff like... Uh, you know, the obvious thing is straw. People have seen straw bale houses and put straw bale extensions that people have done. I mean, which is, you know, it works pretty well. I mean, there are some stumbling blocks, you know, concerned about whether rodents can get through it and all this sort of thing. But but generally, it's, it's, you know, the, the ideas, I would say, are, are, are pretty good. Um, is it fireproof? Yeah. It yeah, is. it is. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah, that's the biggest mistake people think. And how long does it last is the other issue because, you know, you think in our climate, if you've got anything made of mud, it's not going to yeah. last that long. But but the logic of the stuff is, you know, if some mud falls off, you can just replace it with some more mud. So, you know, as long as people are prepared yeah. to get their hands dirty, um, it should last for at least their lifetime. But, I mean, there's other stuff that is also um, similar to this, which I think is gaining ground, which is good. Uh, like, they're... You can get older types of building material like lime is coming back into fashion and you can mix lime to make something called limecrete, which uh, you can uh, mix with, again with, with materials like straw. And that's pretty efficient stuff, you know, that, so you make a whole wall out of this stuff and the straw or whatever's in the centre of it helps makes the wall um, re re relatively well insulated right. so you know the idea of sticking this on on the outside of houses uh maybe isn't such a, a crazy one really no, not at all and, i mean you talked about the outside and what if you don't want to touch the outside of your house for whatever reason what can what can we do say you're in a an old victorian house yeah um and you're shivering and you've got you know you're spending a hard time over the winter are there any tips that you can give to people for modifications that they can make inside their house that that you know sure. that you would recommend yeah i mean the one area where a huge amount of heat loss happens is through the windows of course i mean i you know i've got triple windows fitted in my house and i won't pretend you know not everyone can get their credit cards out and pay for triple glazing uh, although the cost is not as much as people think it's only about 10 percent more than double glazing you know most people think they just don't think of this you know that they think well they never think to ask people that make double glazing for triple glazing you know they, they can do it it's not difficult uh, you just have to remember to ask uh, but you know failing all of that if you're living in a house with single gla glazing and you know i understand that and you know people get very cold well, you know, you could get an old duvet cover and, and hang it up at the windows. <laughs> well, yeah, from that you can get a bit more sophisticated to make shutters. I mean, I, I've seen that on quite contemporary houses where, you know, people have shutters fitted. So, you know, in the day when it's uh, sunny, it's great. Uh, no pretending the fact at night it's not so great. And in, you know, a grey overcast day in the middle of January, it certainly won't be so great. But, you know, I'm also going to have shutters uh, on the outside so you can just simply have shutters that are where, where the glass is anyway. Mm. Uh, and those can all be insulated, of course. 
Another thing that people mention nowadays is, um, you know, obviously not just the insulation, but the way they're actually heating their homes. And uh, we hear of things like ground source heat pumps, wind power and so on, that for most of us, you know, we never really contemplate those sorts of options for our homes because they are quite expensive. And I wondered, as you're here, David, I mean, how expensive are these things and how realistic is it that in the near near future we might actually have a ground source heat pump to heat our homes or are there other sorts of heat pumps? Set a, a picture of what you see the future providing. Yeah, okay. Well, I, I mean... Without going into specifics, I mean, you're talking about 10K to set up a kind of air source heat pump system. Okay, so what it does is, it's, or imagine it's like an amplifier, right? So what it does, it takes, imagine you've got a, a relative temperature of, say, five degrees of the air coming into this thing, right? So what it does is it, it boosts the temperature and, and sort of lifts it, mm. uh, from that point okay so but the thing to take into account is the fact people say oh yeah well that's all very well but what happens if it's like minus three outside and you know it's only kind of lifting the temperature so it's it's not it certainly isn't 21 degrees inside which you, you can end up with well i mean part of the answer to that is well you'll need a separate heating system as well you know right, a backup right. system for when it is freezing gold don't forget it's not freezing gold every day so so even if you say well that system's expensive you say well it's not going to be on that long so you, you need two sources for for heating but also i mean i'm sorry i'm jumping around a bit but i mean basically the system for that is probably about 10k and what you might be getting for that is the air source heat pump maybe a battery which is another consideration because you you might want a battery so that you can use a electric tariff that's cheaper, say in the evening, so you can put that energy into store, put it into a battery, and use that battery to uh, operate the air source heat pump. Yeah. And if you live in a flat, you obviously you're uh, shafted in. No, in no, you're not. Oh, no, you're not. No, you're not. No, no, not. No. Well, you are in terms of the ground source, ground source perhaps, yeah. but not necessarily the air source, because in fact they. These things are getting more and more sophisticated. So there, there are instances where you can stick them in roofs now, uh, you know, and on walls right. uh, and so on. So, so they're getting more and more advanced. I mean, they're pretty, in my opinion, pretty uh, low base technology anyway, which is good, you know. So it's quite easy to adapt them. Yeah, no, I mean that that's definitely something. That I don't, I don't think most people have heard of air source heat pumps, and hopefully they will in the very near future. David so here's a, here's another idea I've got um, I don't know what you feel about this but community heating sure I, I did hear about this um, through some some obscure source recently I don't know whether it's commonplace in other countries I think there is an experiment in one in a in a town in the Midlands somewhere where they're trialing a sort of community heat initiative now so could something similar happen with heating and other services well let's let's look at this uh, a lot of universities modern universities actually have a boiler block and then that boiler block services the entire university you know 
and if you think about that, I mean, that is so efficient. It, 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 it's a really wonderful system. Now, if we could have that in, you know, so I know there's a complicated system, idea of sharing, but, you, you know, if you had a block of houses all together and you said, well, we're just going to have one separate building where all the heating is kept, you know, that, that could be really efficient. Uh, I know, you know, the complexity of, you imagine, of like everyone share, you know, how everyone shares the bill and all the rest of it. But then, you know, even if I say that, you know, there are ways of technologies getting good and you can use that to check, you know, how much he- heating you've used uh, as opposed to everyone else's. It's not that difficult, I suppose. And how but, would you measure that? Would that be just, well, it would be you having a separate meter for each part of your... No, I don't think you'd ne- you wouldn't You would necessarily have to even do that, I think. I mean, you could have sensors and so on to, right. that would, would help okay. do that. But also, whilst you're on that topic, you get, this kind of gets me back to the idea, well, if you've got a block of houses, really you ought to be insulating the entire block. I mean, if one person decides to insulate their house, that's all very well. Oh. But don't forget the cold... Cold, uh, cold bridging is coming from the houses on either side, which haven't been insulated. So it doesn't necessarily address the entire issue. So this is why you, you know, if you live in a terraced house somewhere, you, you know, you really, it, it might be sensible for some government project project to somehow get people that all live in a, a sort of a, a row of terraces to somehow get together and agree some collective idea on how they're going to insulate all of their houses and 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 how they could heat heat all of their houses from one source at the same time i don't think it's that mad because if you go back to the early 1980s i remember in birmingham entire streets were having their roofs replaced and all the windows replaced Mm. uh you know and that went ahead and that worked so you know sure there was government intervention in it but it was it worked out a lot cheaper than you know, if that had knocked those houses down, it would have cost a whole lot more to rebuild them. So mm. we're not really talking about two things that are completely dissimilar. I mean, there is a difference between roofs, which are just static, mm. and heating, which is, you know, sort of needs maintenance and, and everything else. But I do think that uh, that's a viable idea. That is one of the better ideas that uh, we like to talk about on this show. What other information can you share are going on well, I know that somewhere like Germany, for example, is always held up as a as a great example of what they're doing around eco area. Is there anything that they're doing over there or in another country, and, and that w- that we might see on our streets in the near future? Well, uh, you can get systems which actually take warm air out of rooms, and then that warm air is taken to a, a kind of manifold in in a roof space. And the warm, the actually, well, it takes warm air. Sorry, let's get back to what I was saying. Warm air and, and air that's uh, full of condensation takes it out of a room, uh, takes it through a kind of manifold. And what it does is it dumps the condensation outside, but it extracts at the same time the warm air uh, and pushes it back with refreshed air back into the rooms. Uh, and that systems like that are not really that expensive. And although they're electrical, they they again they're pretty low based bits of kit, which are a whole lot more efficient than people readily realise. I think, and that that also brings to mind one of the main problems that I've noticed when I've gone into a heavily insulated home, because I can remember going and looking at some retrofitted houses in in my day, and that is 
because they're the, the air is in there, you know, the, the warm air is trapped there, it creates this problem of stuffy air. True. So yes. what you're talking about, where you've got the air, the, the fresh air mixed with, yeah. you know, combined with the warmth, I think that solves a big problem. The other big problem I've just thought of is is the fact that in, increasingly getting rid of the heat in the summer is a huge, going to be potentially a huge issue if uh, global warming carries on. So increasingly the venting is going to be as important as actually the insulation part. And that's a design element, is it not? You know, just incorporating venting into, you know, what is traditionally been very boxed up houses with, with very little airflow. Well, yeah, in fact, actually, as houses become more efficient, uh, one of the actual problems of them becoming efficient is, is they are so uh, airtight. Sealed. That sealed, yeah, yeah, exactly, sealed, that you the, the condensation doesn't, re- you can't really get rid of it. Yeah, yeah. They're over-sealed, if you like. And we want to seal them more. I mean, we've got to have other measures to make sure the condensation, which is created by people breathing, you know, mm. and the stuff like that, uh, to get rid of that. Mm. So, so it's so. not just stuffy air, it's the fact that condensation is the big big problem, isn't it? And, and you know, seeing this uh, in the news around mould and so on, and, sure. and that, that being so damaging to certainly children's health. And, and it's just a puzzle that I think, you know, it seems to have loads of dimensions, engineering solutions, you know, working together solutions if you live in a community. And it's just about behaviour change, isn't it? So, yeah, I mean, hopefully that gives some of our listeners um, a a good starting point to think about the the future and the issues around heating our homes, keeping the warmth in, taking the uh, heat out if if necessary in the summer, and just some more broad-minded ways of looking at this whole issue.